Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey everyone, welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And joining me once again is my senior editor and writer, Jude Seymour, and the Chief Inspector, Brendan Mecklinden. You guys, I'm pretty sure our advice of do not get rid of the snowblower is hitting <laughs> home with Jeff right now. <laughs> It's Death Storm 2022 begins to roll into town tonight. Now, our, our friend Jeff is is snuggled in Fort Wayne, which is on track to have their single highest uh, snow accumulation in like the last hundred years. So, buddy, I I really hope for your sake that you have your snowblower kicking. He tried to – I think I saw a conversation where he tried to sell it to Bray Beatles the other day, and he said it started on the first poll. So he's not, he not only has it, but he it actually is in working wow. condition. I would uh, I would not try to be selling it right now. No, 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 no. Mine does not work. So I will be a fucking man of – like. I'm going to be 31-year-old uh, Josh out there, like just full of life. Life hasn't completely beaten me down yet. It's going to be just a, a, a beast. No, the, 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 you Ryan's of age to get out there and start shoveling, right? He won't. <laughs> At the very least, Dylan will, though. So what do we got going on? Uh, well, welcome to signing day. This is what you guys wanted. 
everybody wanted a boring ass signing day, and that's what we're getting. We, there's no news. You're, this is going to be a, a totally uh, day. Nothing on the dockets. So we're we're it. We're your only entertainment for today. Well, can we make this entertaining? I think I we can do it. We, I mean, I I think we can give it a shot. Um, I got some reviews we can start off with. You guys, you guys want to start off with those? Yes, please. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm always game for a good review. Yeah, just a reminder, everybody, get on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review. Whatever review that you leave, I will read on the next OFT podcast. Let's see here. Let's pull these bad boys up. Uh, Love. This is from KP the NARP. Love from the 260. As a born and raised Huntington County guy, I always love to hear Josh shine light on the great things happening in the greater Allen County area. OFD is my go-to ND podcast and keeps me optimistic when everyone else is doom and gloom. Keep up the great work and hope to catch y'all at the game this fall. Go Irish. Beat everybody. Yeah, we were just talking about the weather, right? This whole area is about to just get smacked in the teeth. It's just going to be delightful. <laughs> delightful. Like we were, we were joking before we recorded. Brendan and I were like, hey, we're about to get... Uh, uh, just an average Waterton uh, snowfall. Jude's <laughs> sitting over there all smug. Like, you guys. You, you silly guys. Yeah, what is... Uh, what's to Jude, you know, 18 inches, right? That's a I mean, That's a nothing burger, right? 18, 18 inches over what what's period of time? About a day, a and, day a half. and a half, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> if you said, like, 18 inches in, like, 12 hours, I would definitely have been like, oh, yeah, I feel like paid for others. So, day and a half. My God, 36, two, half an inch an hour? You'll f- definitely survive that. Dude's <laughs> over there like, God, you guys, grow a fucking pair, would you? Wow, yo. <laughs> Uh, all right. Next one here from Domer 1978, which is just ironic. Blizzard of 78. Here comes the fucking Blizzard of 22. Uh, he says, Brandon Joseph, five stars. Oh, I like Ooh. it. Yeah. In response to your somewhat pathetic appeals for reviews. Uh, let me interject <laughs> there. <laughs> they're, they're of course, pathetic. Levels. They're equal levels of pathetic every week, so I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> but they're it's also, less pathetic. It's also equal levels of pathetic on like every other po- like as much as everybody else out there podcasting. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. asking and begging. For <clears throat> if they're not, if they're asking or begging for. They're, uh, they're not hustling. Or, they're not hustling. They're, and I would say that like uh, our reviews drive content. Our reviews drive content. Because you 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 leave a review. We'll talk about it on the OF, on the OFD podcast that that review comes up. Oh yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It, what what you put in there becomes part of the show. That's that's the that's the OFD guarantee. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to get you to pay me ten bucks a month. <laughs> so uh, continue continuing on here. Um, 
anticipated Brandon Joseph five stars. The most troublesome aspect of you producing a podcast that consistently hovers around three hours is that I somehow found time to listen to it every week. (laughs) (laughs) Great fans perspective with what could be considered good humor, honest without bad mouthing players and coaches like some others. You'd think Kane Madden and Jeff Quinn had shot Brian Driscoll's dog several times. (laughs) (laughs) It's not wrong. Keep up the great great work in Freeman. We trust. He is oh, not wrong. Times. Uh, no, I, that's you know that's not even a directive that I have. It's just like it's just. I mean, what's the point? I I just I just would have no fun just coming on here and just bashing anybody that wasn't fucking Lincoln Riley at this point or Jim Harbaugh. There's like there's it's just so much more fun to to do it to somebody else. I by the way. I, you just mentioned this. I gotta, I gotta mention it. I love Sooner Cal. That is a great name. For oh, thank what you. USC has turned into. I mean, I thought yeah, so our friend Greg came up with Oklahoma West, which I, I thought oh, okay, and I, okay. I was gonna, I was gonna live with that. But when I when I saw Sooner Cal, I was like, oh, that's perfect. That's the one. So, that's the I mean, one. I'll yeah. probably use them both that's interchangeably, the but uh, I love that one. So yeah, so we're going with that. Uh, that's that's DM uh, Dogma uh, right there. Uh, the University is of uh, sooner cow because that's <laughs> it's that's exactly what it is <laughs> but i mean they still didn't get bed and ball though <laughs> no they did not and my favorite <laughs> thing is that greg greg goat scours over every new picture there is of lincoln riley and lincoln riley <laughs> like months into this job is still it's wearing still his Oklahoma University Air Jordans. Like he's he's taking pictures with recruits and he's wearing Oklahoma Sooner Air Jordans and it is just it's too good. There's no there's no way that's not intentional. I don't know. I, I There's no way that USC is too cheap to buy them listen, in new shoes. No, no, listen, listen. And this was back in 2013-14 where I got an email from a friend of ours working for Notre Dame because we had a picture out there of, I think it was 13 of Notre Dame players wearing Adidas shoes yes. while they were no, wearing Under Armour shoes while they were still under the Adidas contract. Like, it, like they were like, dude, can you, can you, can you get that off? Can you, you know, please remove that and use a different picture. I think I think it was 2014. I think it was that's that was the last spring the year, year they, they did. Yeah, they dropped it. Uh, 2014 was the first year of uh, under right. I believe. So yeah. uh, I think yeah. that, so I think yeah. that spring that spring ball, they were still Adidas, but the players in practice were wearing Under Armour shoes, and we had that picture up. Uh, I, well, I guess I was at Subway Domer at the time, and like, hey man, can you take that down and put something else up there? because they didn't want to piss off Adidas, who they were fucking leaving. Which is pretty crazy, and here Lincoln Riley is just like, nah, man. I'm wearing these Jordans. <laughs> USC can't afford new shoes. USC is, is definitely it, not FSU. Or, circa or is Lincoln Riley just show? Or is Lincoln Riley just showing his age? Like he is such a young buck that he's just like, <laughs> I gotta have these shoes. Like act like somebody, a little, like 
their outfits get picked, right? I mean, when you're when you're a head coach of a major football I mean, program, you, you get saw, a stipend from the univer- from the athletic apparel company. You saw the announcement of Lincoln Riley, right? Yeah. You saw how that, all that went over. Who was in charge of that? I mean, oh, good point. so <laughs> yeah. say, say they have somebody in charge of his outfit might be pushing it right now. Which to that end, I did. Uh, I'm not sure if you read the article from Bruce Feldman today at the athletic. No. Oh man, it was it was a it was a gem because it was it's you know today's Caleb Williams Day, and here comes Bruce Feldman uh, bringing back the ice bucket challenge to dunk all over <laughs> USC. When he's like, yeah, Caleb Williams is coming to town, but this is the worst roster I've ever seen at USC in my life. <laughs> Don't expect them to make the playoffs. Have you seen that? It's like. Buzz, your girlfriend, Wolf. It's Wolf. Like Bruce, Bruce Feldman, Bruce Feldman, known OFD podcast listener. Because we've well, been I mean, on that. So and nobody, there is no one in America in the national media more locked into uh, Pac-12 intricacies in yeah. just the city of LA than Bruce Feldman. Bruce Feldman. Yeah. And for him to come out and to drop that on Caleb Williams Day is hilarious. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that we should wholeheartedly adore, endorse seeing that he that Clay Helton left the the worst uh, bones of any uh, USC coach in since maybe Paul Hackett. Um, I think we should we should probably endorse Clay Helton for the upcoming Michigan uh, vacancy, right? Uh, I can get on board with that. I, yeah. I'm totally good with that. Yeah, he brings I, a lot of dat. He brings a lot of dat energy needed in Ann Arbor, probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, I take just, I take him or Matt Campbell both would bring me say, infinite Campbell, amount of joy. Matt Campbell would bring a, a, a lot of hilarity, mostly because we'd watch the Iowa State um, cells really breaking, you know, just blowing up on each other. So it's like Michigan. Did you enjoy your win over Ohio State this year? Hire my Matt Campbell, and you'll never see it again. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! You would get Ohio State wins on the semi reg. It, it was going seventy five record. Yeah, you but, would lose but, to like but losing to Michigan stuff. State. Yeah, Michigan State, Indiana, Maryland would all weird, have your number. weird loss to Nebraska at home. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I don't even know where to begin. So speaking of coaching hires, uh, Notre Dame is starting to to wrap some things up. Uh, not official, right? Like we're not official. No, so well, no. so I mean, they like, barely, it took them two weeks to get official the the previous round of hires. So this this might take another two weeks, and yeah. especially so the dead period. So so we got our officials out of the way, and then well, I guess the the, the next set of news is uh, John Dirksen hashtag Ohio forever. Moving on, moving right. on with his career Gra- with with his degree. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, with his degree, uh, he's got kids too, doesn't he? He, I believe he is the one with the child. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Married with it. Yeah, he's, he's got shit to do, man. <laughs> he's got shit to do. And I, I, Dirk, I mean, Dirksen was part of the last Terry Heastan recruiting, recruiting class. Uh, so, yeah. So, um, so he's done with his, he's done with his time playing football. That's fine. Uh, go, who's going to go put that, Degree to work. It's good for him. Uh, 
then good old John McNulty. Yeah. Yeah. Take it up. Take it up. Boston College. See, see, see you senior day, as Tommy Reese would say. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks um, for everything, coach. See you on senior day. I mean, I, I, so I know it's BC. And so ND fans have a, like kind of an irrational, like joke reflex for anything brought up to that. But there was, there were people who were like, why would he do that? What, like, what do you mean? It's an offensive coordinator job. It's just as good of a job as what Lance Taylor just left for. Yeah. No, you got it. You got to go for it. Like, what are you doing? Of course. It's, it's, a, yeah. it's a P5 offensive coordinator job. It's just, it's huge. Yeah, that's huge. That's, that's the next step. I know we want to step. dunk on Fredo, but that's, it's, that's, I, I, I would, I would have been annoyed at him for not taking the job. Yeah, I would have wondered but what you, was up with that. Yeah, you would have, you have to strike. First of all, you're riding that Michael Meyer hype, Michael Mayer hype train, right? So you might as well cash in while you're at basically your peak of your powers. So. It's a curious hire if you're looking at it from the perspective of Boston too, though, right? I mean, this is this is kind of a curious hire. I mean, explain. When is John McNulty called a play? Um, in the last, I don't know, half decade, he's called plays before. Right. right? I mean, when's the last? When's the last time he? He was a play caller. Wasn't the OC at Rutgers? He was a OC slash quarterback coach at Rutgers. And that was for those six six years ago, seven years ago? No, 2018 on those like winless okay. Rutgers teams. <laughs> That's those not teams a great that, that didn't win a Big Ten game. Right? That must have they they must that must have just blown them away. Yeah, the, the Chris um, Ash era was um <laughs> nothing to write home about. Yeah, it is a little curious from the from the BC side of things. I mean, all all of the uh, jokes and and whatever about about Phil aside, you have a returning quarterback coming back who has a ton of potential. He's also got his number one receiver and Zay Flowers coming back. I mean, you you have some potential here uh, to do some dynamic things with the right OC. I mean, you could. I mean, like. There's some group of five OCs out there that, that could have been That's a, kind of my thought, too. Is, yeah. I mean, he knows the area, I guess, if you're looking to recruit that side, because there is the Rutgers connection. But, like, the, the Rutgers teams he was the OC of went 1-11 and and a robust 2-10 and with zero Big Ten wins. Uh, I, I'm not <laughs> sure we want to cast that particular stone. I'm, I, I don't know that every Notre Dame assistant coach has come in with most – uh, sterling, uh, you know, record. Well, no, yeah. but I mean, but, but I, mean, I guess what did, what did, what did Indiana go last year? And we're bringing in the running backs coach, but right? that's the running backs coach. And he's, and from what I've seen, he was they've done the, well. the fifth highest them. ranked, the fifth highest ranked running backs coach in America, by the way, is what I, what I saw earlier today. So Notre Dame had to pony up some cash, uh, to get their running backs coach. So, and his kids possibly. Uh, well, hopefully, if not this year, then maybe next. Although one of them tweeted tonight that he was 100% locked in, right? Yeah, he's he's locked in this year for sure. Because <laughs> he can't get out of his NLI. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which one was that? Uh, the DN commit, the top 175, the top 75 kid. 
Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I have a they all their their names all start with D, and I get them all confused. It's not it's not Dylan the second. He's the oldest. It's not. That's Dasan. It's Dasan. Is it Dasan? Oh yeah, he's the seventy fourth ranked uh, player in the country. He's an edge rusher. So, um, I mean, it would be it would be tough to pull a kid out of Bloomington, um, who's committed. So would it? I guess maybe. Is he the twenty twenty three kid? Uh, no, twenty twenty two. He's committed this year. Okay, so because he's the early enrolling. He's already enrolled then. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But that doesn't mean anything. I mean, Brew McCoy early enrolled in <laughs> Texas. I mean, I he, he could he could take off after spring. Sure could. Uh, I, I mean, I don't think he will. Um, but maybe. And people are already firing up the like, well, is is he the one that his girlfriend goes to Indiana? There's some, some chatter about why he wouldn't leave because his girlfriend is there or something. Uh, I love the people that dig you know, into people's girlfriends, you know? Well, that's well, it's a pretty big and, and, indicator. And I say that as a guy who, like, literally announces every, like, <laughs> alum's birthday, you know, birthday and uh, baby yeah. off of Instagram. But no, the girlfriend, that's a level I will not go to. The girlfriend thing is the greatest indicator of where a kid's going to end up. It's undefeated. <laughs> and terrible. Like, I would like to know the. I want to know the stats. Of who's are they? They're still together by the time it's all said and done. Like Aaron Lynch, who's right? Aaron Lynch? Famous yeah, one. That's, that's one that comes to mind. Uh, Phil Jerkovic's girlfriend went to Boston College, right? Yep. So that's a, that's another one. I mean, it's, it, I mean, it's undefeated. Like follow I mean, Eddie Vanderbilt's girlfriend. The, oh, oh wait, wait, grandmother. Oh, wait. No, that was his grandma. Uh, no, it's and it's the most ridiculous no, reason if if. And if you've ever, you want to get into some real housewives a, of uh, Salt Lake here. I mean, if, you, if you've spent 10 minutes in college, you'll know that bringing a like bringing the high school, bringing a with, high school girl from with you is so just limiting. like the dumbest so idea limiting. of all time. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> it just bad makes cho- you about it just makes you out to be a bad guy. You're just a bad choicer. <laughs> like, so my uh, my nephew did that. Had a, had a, his girlfriend was still in high school and didn't break up with her over the summer before he left to, well, for his freshman year. And myself and one of my other brother-in-laws were kind of all over him. Like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> like, take, like, why would you even want to weigh yourself down this summer with that? Like, you take care of that now in April and May and then have your summer and then take it off. He never did. It was a waste of time. Of course, it ends up blowing up. Uh, and now he's marrying a very nice, very cute girl that he met in college. Like that's how it's done. You just w- look at all the time you just wasted. And you know what? You don't even have to marry the girl you met in college. Nothing, nothing saying that's got to do it. You got to lock no, that down no, at, at the end no. of college either. That's that's usually like junior, junior, senior year though. You'll you you see that coupling up. I think yeah. it, that, that's a even bigger deal at ND. Isn't it? Like cuffing season. It's called the MRS degree, which is very unkind to the, uh, the woman involved. But oh, oh, oh I, I didn't even get that at first. I'm like MRS. What the hell's that stem? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just know it as, cu- as cuffing season. Okay. 
Well, cuffing season. Maybe that's what like we should start calling. The, the that's what we should start calling National Signing Day. Like from <laughs> from the first signing day to the last signing day, we should start calling that cuffing season. Well, I mean, it sort of works because cuffing season's more like it's getting cold and you don't feel like going out into the bars and finding new men. Men, so you just hook hook up with the guy that you're with until the spring happens, and then you're like, uh, what what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. Maybe I've 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 always took the connotation as a little little more than than just uh, the winter booty call. Okay. The the winter live in. <laughs> the guy the guy or gal on the couch that I so, spend time with. Merriam Merriam Webster and I hate to be the guy who goes to the dictionary. Cuffing season usually begins in October and lasts until just after at Valentine's Day. Jesus, I didn't even know that was in the dictionary. I don't, I don't even know if I've read a dictionary in like the last decade. <laughs> I mean, I do love, I do love the, I mean, the National Signing Day. Both of them fall within October and uh, Valentine's Day, so I'm sort of loving this cuffing season. Yeah, it's actually. cuffing season. What, <laughs> what's cuffing, more enjoyable than just season. busting open a dictionary and and reading it to uh, the last of your choice during cuffing season? <laughs> Well, happy Honda days is more. Uh, but. That's how I wooed my wife was we just uh, we just sat around the fire and during cuffing season and, and read the dictionary. <laughs> no, it was Julius Jones running all over. Uh, uh, also during uh, cuffing season. Huh. So, if you yeah, listen yeah. to this podcast long enough, you know you. I mean, you know my feelings about signing day. Like I, I've come, I've come around, where I, I do not like the early signing day. I miss the old one day in February, and this is why, because this is like, it's, it's, it's boring. There's just nothing to it, and there's. I mean, listen. If any of you are listening to this early in the morning and think that there's like, oh, maybe I should check to see if Notre Dame is Notre Dame is getting nobody else today. Nobody else. There's no noise. Like, maybe Noah some Boykin more preferred walk-ons. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe there's some more preferred walk-ons that are gonna say they're coming to ND. No, there's gonna be no additions to the scholarship uh, class on this. None. Zip. And it's just like. What do you do? It's just, I don't know. It's just, it's a climatic. And I just, I, I'm not, I'm not having any fun with it. Not having any fun. I just think if we had just the one clap. Anyways, I, I'm not so, even going to bring up possibilities. We're just saying. If you had the one signing day, when would you, would you just still have it in February? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I the, mean, no, that, that, that December, listen, that December thing is shit. We're finishing up the season. We've got bowls, playoffs. It's Christmas. Uh, I mean, we got we got Hawaii Bowl Day coming up. It's just, it's <laughs> terrible. It's terrible timing. Like, it's just, it's not a fun time. So, no, you would definitely, definitely February. And I, th- I don't know, man. I think with all the coaching changes and stuff that we just went on, like, you, you know how the early signing day was there, you know, for the guys to, like, to, you know, to lock in. 
you know, yeah, so they, 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 they wanted to avoid to, the, the, the noise. You babysit um, 17 year olds through February, right? Yeah, it's just, I, it's, it's not good for anybody involved. I don't like it. I don't. Well, I think it, I think it could be fixed, but I'm not. I don't hate the idea of two signing days, especially for guys who just know that they're going to play for Notre Dame no matter who the coach but is. Put, or but you put that first one back in August, right? I, I you know, it's going to take people smarter than me to figure out when the when the right timeline is. I mean, obviously, this one has caused some unintended consequences that. I think that the people who drafted this legislation probably didn't weren't foreseeing. Um, Kelly says, "What's up?" Yeah, exactly. Very much so. And and getting rid of guys, coaches earlier because you know you had that first signing day coming up. So yeah, there's there's something to be said about um, fixing it. And I think there there probably is smarter minds than me can come together and fix it, but. Um, I think that I think the two make sense in terms of trying to figure out a, a method for guys who are going to be locked in no matter what, and a method for guys who still want to take their time and deliberate a little bit more. Because offensive linemen, they don't need seven months to figure it out. I mean, some most of our offensive linemen are committed eighteen months before they finally get on campus, right? Oh yeah, yeah. The, oh yeah. well, offensive two linemen. Of them, two of them uh, from this current class uh, took their sweet time, right? Theoretically, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. well, they did, Billy. yeah, yeah, Billy, yeah I mean, and Emil, and Emil, yeah, Emil and Billy, and so Wagner. yeah. Who, by the way, I mean, I I need to somehow make a shift uh, in my way of thinking of, and, and to be more inclusive of the on three rankings because I think the on three uh, consensus. Is you know is there like two twenty four seven component? I think there's that's probably more accurate because they're uh, they keep everything equal. Anyway, so. but uh, but, but I, Wagner's a way, five star. I am there. enjoying. Yeah, I am enjoying on threes recruiting a lot. By the way, um, just the way that they have it, uh, the interface for how they have it. I I really I really enjoy um, how on three has their interface for all the recruiting stuff so far. It feels a little more st- streamlined. I don't. I, I. I don't know. Yeah, that's the it's, thing I would say as well. Is it feels more streamlined? Uh, they. I think they all. They have a whole thing dedicated to NIL stuff too. Which I guess. I mean, it, truth be told, I really don't care about the NIL stuff all that much. But I like that there's a place to go to where. That has that information if I need it. Like with with on three right now, you look at their their consensus football team rankings. Their name's twenty twenty two class. Their name's ranked sixth, uh, and their average NIL deal is fifteen point nine thousand, which is half of Penn State's at thirty one at seven, and half of Texas uh, at five with thirty eight. More than half. So it's it's I it's just a, it's a it's another number to throw in, and it's which is just kind of fun to see. You love numbers, love them. So speaking of uh, team rankings, one school and and I guess they're eighth in the on three and 
and on 24-7 composite is Michigan's, uh, who are behind Notre Dame. Like right now, Notre Dame is sitting at number seven on 24-7 composite and number six and on three, like we said. And that's pretty much there's not a whole lot of things that can happen tomorrow where that's going to change. So Notre Dame's going to finish this recruiting cycle ranked in the top 10, not a top five class, but six slash seven, pretty fucking good. Okay. And it's, ex- and it's extraordinarily good when you consider a coaching swap change. Like, I think there was a few, a few podcast episodes ago. I talked about the, um, uh, the, the class on the coaching change for Notre Dame. And it's not good. <laughs> Generally, you know, we're talking about the 2010 recruiting class, talking about the 2005 recruiting class, uh, and the, what was that? 2000, uh, 2001 recruiting class. These are not good classes, uh, you know, from top to bottom. They're just, they were not. So and nowhere, I think the highest was probably the 2010 class at 15. And that was just full. I mean, just absolutely full of reaches. James. Yeah, oh, just when, reaches. When it was all said and done. Like, I mean, let's go back and look. Like, so the, the last time we had a coaching change, you know, Lou Nix, top of the class, and, you know, forever our hearts uh, go out to him, RIP, Big Lou, committed another day without a coach. There's nothing that you will endear you more to fans right off the jump than that. Uh, but, I mean, just like, God, this the name, the word salad here. Uh, Bruce Heggie, Derek Roback, Tate Nichols, um, Luke Massa, Low Wood, oh. Chris Badger, Spencer Boyd. Uh, uh, this is the Tommy Reese class, by the way. Yeah. Uh, God, uh, Cameron Ro- Roberson, uh, uh, Hendricks is on here. Alex Welsh. We're all. Uh, it's just. It was. It you know. It was a fifty. It was a, it was a, it was a okay class, ranked fifteenth in the country, but when it was all said and done, there wasn't a whole lot that shook out of there on the great to elite side of things. Um, not that we have anything. There's no nothing to compare really Notre Dame's current class to that. But I think you look top to bottom. There's a lot more guys that I think project a lot better moving forward you know what i'm saying like as a whole like it's yeah. obviously a better class ranking wise and all that but i, I think there's a, there's a lot less name salads in here um than what notre dame had in 2010 so that's i mean that's a huge positive i think that's a huge thing and in fact i'm going to do a um uh, i haven't done a states of recruiting in a couple years uh so i'm going to go back and, and do one but it's going to be a kind of a bigger comparison of of notre dame's demographics now compared to when the last time there was a coaching change in 2010, like which States, you know, which States are King, you know, now as opposed to then stuff like kind of stuff like that. Sure. Uh, Cause it, it is Notre Dame, Notre Dame shifted a ton of different things over the Brian Kelly era. And I mean, this isn't going to be praise on Freeman. It's more, you know, you're going to have to heap some praise on, on Brian Kelly for changing yeah. some things um, throughout that time. The focus away from Florida onto Louisiana and Georgia, for example. Yeah, I mean the look. I think Florida was in 2010. Florida was the 
number one state represented on Notre Dame scholarship roster. I think number two was California, and I think number three was Illinois. No, number three was Indiana, was the tie between like Indiana and Illinois. You know, so like Illinois. <laughs> like, like that just that just shows you the huge shift in in what's going on there. I mean, we're talking like oh, fuck. I mean, I really have to. We're not talking Georgia, up, but I think talking Illinois. No, but like I, I think in 2010, if I remember correctly, I think Florida was number one. I think they had maybe like 11 players from the state of Florida. I think California was like right around like nine or ten. Indiana and Illinois had like around eight each. So we're not talking about these massive things here, but when you're Notre Dame recruiting nationally and going to having to go all over and nothing changes for the grand, the grand scheme of things. Like every year, Notre Dame has like basically at least 26 states represented in their scholarship roster. It's almost always without, without fail, 26 or more states uh, represented in that scholarship roster. So it, it's a big footprint. We all know that. Uh, but there has been a shift, like like Jersey recruiting. Weiss was huge on like go, trying to go to New Jersey and get recruits for obvious for obvious Charlie Weiss reasons. Brian <laughs> Kelly, not so much. Kelly shifted the focus back to Ohio. Um, so I there's there's some interesting things there. But for all the things we shit on about BK, I think the thing that we that is going to get lost in the mix. It, maybe it already has, but we'll definitely get buried as, as I think Freeman will out recruit stars wise was the way that Kelly was it put the roster back together, like piece that thing back together where you had a actual college football roster rather than just by the time, you know, by the time Weiss in 2009, there was just the unevenness of what he was doing on the trail, which was already bad enough when he came in, how fucked up <laughs> that tie had it. Uh, so Kelly was able to kind of like write the ship in the sense of, you know, posi- you know, guys recruiting for positions, keeping things even. So you don't have these massive holes, except for Dell Alexander, <laughs> 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 bubbling at wide receiver. Uh, I mean, even it, it wasn't great, but it wasn't until this this cycle right here that it really, you know, took it out. But BK does deserve, you know, I, I don't know how to say this, guys. He was here for for over a fucking decade, and he did a lot of great things and won yeah, a lot yeah. of games. I can't trash him at every moment possible. And I think it's silly for people to be on Twitter obsessing over his dumbass uh, video tactics. Like, I just, I don't care anymore. Like, I'm, I'm just, I'm gone after that. If he wants to go down there and, and and look like a fucking goofball in Baton Rouge, more power to him. I, but people were obsessing over uh, those tweets. I think have been cut <laughs> the fuck on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like I mean, I I feel like I made my position pretty clear, which is he's the old girlfriend. I got a new girlfriend. Um, you know, wish him all the best of luck, but I'm really not checking in to see what he's up to. So I I felt the same way as you did which is like I've, I've seen him dance on this swivel thing before it was it was embarrassing the first time I, I couldn't watch it the second time and frankly people dunking on him is like 
you know, at some point that's going to get old for everybody. I think they're still kind of in that stage where they want to, but. Well, um, well here's the thing though, Jude, I, I'm trying not to be a hypocrite because a lot of people dunk it on Kelly for that. If that would, he would have done that in South Bend would have been fucking going berserker. Like Mike mm. Bray walking into a locker room without a shirt on berserker. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of I, people, look, I, I there's a lot. Saying, I see what you're saying. Uh, you know, if, if, if certainly if it helped get the kid that I, I think we'd all be for it, but it, it, it is cringy. I mean, it's oh, definitely, I, I, definitely cringy, but, but you would, you would have took it as like, how fun he's trying, how fun, yeah, how fun. Trying. And I just, I don't know, man. I just don't fucking care anymore. <laughs> but I mean, Doug, I mean, if, you, if, you, if that's what you really like to do, by all means, go ahead. I just can't do it. Like, and I'm not like, I'm not begging for clicks to the site where I got to go run to the site with Brian Kelly dancing, you know, behind some LSU commit uh, to get some views. It's just not my thing right now. Sorry. Or am I not sorry? (laughs) 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 Ah, shit. So, oh, man, it's just, if you're listening to this, this is the boring, this is the most fun you're going to have all day. It really is. signing day, yeah. Yeah, it's the most fun you're going to have all day. Uh, So just going off of Notre Dame's commitments right now, Jude, sir. Start with you. Three guys. Me, th- three guys from Notre Dame's 2022 or excuse, yeah, 2022 commit commits that mm, they're the guys. They, and maybe they're not like like uh, like Kurt Heinisch, right? Kurt Heinisch wasn't the greatest defensive lineman that ever came through Notre Dame, but he's pretty well beloved, right? Mm. Like everybody, everybody loves Kurt Heinisch. Like who are the, who are the three guys coming out of this class that shall be the most beloved? (laughs) Okay. Um, well, Donovan Heinisch would probably be a, a a front runner just because he's already got Kurt's legacy to, uh, to, to work off of. Um, how does that, how does that work though with legacies? Are, Are the, is the, is the next guy as beloved as the first? Well, I think if he's got the same same type of personality, then yeah, it's it's just like it's a it's continued fun. It's like uh, Zach and Nick Martin, right? Okay, okay. Um, who's gonna be fun? Jeez, uh, you know, I I think maybe Nolan Nolan Ziegler might be fun. I think, well, Joey Tenona might be fun. I don't. I, <laughs> I'm just trying to think of like pe- people who might be big characters. You know what I mean? Like guys who, right. um, I mean, Joey Tenona has and his, his mom, he made Lee Becton say something about his mom. He came out. There was some sort of tall tale that it was like very awkward, but it was very like very braggadocio that I kind of loved. Um, I mean, Jalen Steen's just going to be a dude. Right. So like, I don't know. Maybe he'll be beloved because he was just an awesome player. I don't. I don't think it's like a lunch. Like when I think of Kurt Heinrich, I think of like a lunch pail guy. You know, the guy who was the hard boiled egg in the lunch pail, and he clocks in, clocks out. You know what I mean? Like sort of the guy that's always dependable for you. 
So I know I kind of just flail all over the place, but you did put me on the spot about this. So well, absolutely. This whole fucking this whole fucking show is gonna be on the spot. <laughs> so I'm gonna go Donovan Heinish. I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go Joey Tenona, and I'm gonna go. Uh, I don't know. Nolan Ziegler might be a too no too pretty boy. I don't know. Nolan, I'll take Nolan Ziegler. All right, that is that is a three. I don't think I would pick. All right. Um. So that's a that makes for a more I, interesting discussion, right? Well, no. Oh, certainly, certainly. I just I uh, seeing things a little differently here. Brendan, yeah. same question to you, sir. Who uh, will be the three most beloved? I mean, Aiden Gobera is one that certainly I, jumps off the page because of the position that he plays and just his uh, kind of meteoric rise. I just think he's going to blow up, right? I that's one of my guys. That's one of my guys. I uh, I think the other I think the other one that you kind of have to look at is I don't know if you want to do Billy Shrouth or if you want to do Emil Wagner for it, but I'm I'm kind of leaning towards Billy Shrouth just because. Um, you know, he's not going to be Quentin Nelson, but he's on that inside and maybe he's got that, like, we kind of gravitate towards that, um, you know, kind of big, big, dumb, lovable offensive interior lineman, right? I mean, that's definitely a, a character trait of ours. It's something without, that, be, without, without being lineman, big and dumb. I've got to love it. We love it. And then, um, character trait of ours. I mean, we'll see how he comes back from it, but I think Eli Raritan's going to be an absolute stud. Yeah. Um. So that that's a guy that I think that following up on Michael Mayer, Eli Raritan can be a guy that that I think we're all going to get really excited about. Okay. Um, I'm definitely with you on the on Ingabera. Um. And I'll just go ahead and, and take the low-hanging fruit right now with Jalen Sneed. Yeah. Because that, that feels like – it's an easy pick, right? I mean, it's like – it's so obvious that it's not obvious. But that's like a – it's like a Jalen Smith type of type of thing going on. Like, except Brian Van Gorder isn't here to, to I don't know, hamstring you for three years. Uh, so. Not blitz him. Not blitz. Yeah. Them. Yeah. And as basic as this is going to be, but I, Jadarian Price. Yeah. He was good. His, he was good his junior year. And his senior year was twice as fucking good. Really blew up. And I don't know, man. I just, I think that, like, I, I either want to go with him, this is going to be him or Steve Angeli. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to stay with Price because I think that he's a guy who's just being kind of overlooked more than for a four star running back. Even Notre Dame fans are kind of overlooking him in a sense. But if you allow me to just speak of Angeli for a minute, typical Notre Dame quarterback. Just kind of like over the last what, 15 years, under the radar, kind of a next thing you know, this guy's starting for like two or three years. I, I could just see it happening is all I'm saying. 
That's not predicting or anything like that. I'm just saying I can see it happen. Um, and I'll, you know, next thing you know, you're going to have like half the fans love you, half the fans hate you. And he could be that guy. He could be the next Ian Book. Like four inches taller than Ian Book, but I mean. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely taller and more. <laughs> maybe five acclaimed. inches. Maybe five yeah. inches taller than Ian Book. <laughs> oh, shoot. So. Uh, so right now, Notre Dame has 13. Oh, no, 12. 12 early enrollees and you know, there hasn't been a, like, I'm actually kind of surprised like the, the Jude, maybe you can either agree with me on this or you don't. If you don't definitely say something, but I feel like I know less about their arrival and time since arrival at Notre Dame than I ever have on an early enrollees. Like it, like, I think it's become so normal. It's just like it, Unless there's just there's no, nothing to report on, but it just seems like there's been a lot more tidbits, you know what I mean, coming out of of this first month of their time in okay. South Bend. So I, I have a theory about that, which is believe, the, vac, the vacuum, the, the vacuum that was usually fed by here's what the early rollies are up to and 100 articles about what the what impacts the early rollies can make. Those reporters are are working on who's the next tight ends coach, who's the next running backs coach, yeah. who's gonna be, you know who's gonna be hired for this. Why hasn't Al Golden signed his defensive coordinator yet? Like that's <laughs> those are the stories they're writing, right? Hundred percent, I agree with you. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. That, that that's, that's, that's why it's been quiet. Okay, but I mean, but but it, yeah, those are that's the, I agree with you on the reasons. I'm just saying it's it's still a little odd, right? Like we haven't had this vacuum like this where see, it's almost like you get to know them just a little bit better in there before they get out there in their first spring ball. That ain't happening. And I think like I, I'm legit. Like we're the, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure 24 seven is going to do something because it's signing day and name only. So they'll have some shit and all that. As far as entertainment goes, we're it. I don't even think Notre Dame's having anything tomorrow. Like they were going to for signing day. But because of the weather, they're just they're pushing everything off to do some right? interviews on Friday. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, what's that tell you? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it, it's like ha- having said that, they should very much not take the day off because a lot of people, a lot of other programs are gonna try to get their shine on that day. And so they should definitely do something. I'm sure they'll do something. I I know of one program that that may not be able to get their shine on. Yeah, hit me with that. Yes, the Michigan Wolverines. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and old oh. old Jimmy. Although I, maybe I mean maybe Jimmy sticks around if he can't hit that uh, that plane. But oh, you'll be able like, to get a plane out. I mean, for the day. Now, yeah, in the morning, you'll be able to get a plane Regardless, out. like, everyone and their brother knows that you're going to interview on this day. So even if you don't make it, like, you are just the most hated man, right? He's told players, he's told recruits that he's probably taking this job. Which is, like, uh, Angelique Chingala's uh, 
had an article in Debt News today where she spoke to some some incoming freshmen and like kids were like, yeah, he's he said if if an if an NFL opportunity pops up, I'm going to take it. Uh, let me get the, the exact quote for you. So I'm not paraphrasing uh, just the absurdity of what he said. So uh, Will Johnson, who is the 14th ranked player in the country and a cornerback, uh, his dad who played at Michigan said he told William he's definitely looking. And if an opportunity came up, he's probably going to take it. Deion Johnson told debt news Harbaugh told him he felt like it, the team was going to be good and they're going to win a lot of ball games. They're going to do a lot of good things, but he wants to chase a Super Bowl. That's the one thing his list is, is to be a Super Bowl winning coach. He's telling the number one rated kid in your class and like the crown jewel of Michigan's recruiting over, I, I don't know, the last three years. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking this job. Like, what? How is the university employing this man if if you're out there? Telling kids that yeah you're you're actively seeking employment elsewhere. You know what's funny is Harbaugh feels like he did everything that he could ever accomplish at Michigan. He won. No, he did the everything. Big Ten championship. He did everything that he, his he mentor. He uh, is the, yeah. He is Bo Schembechler incarnate. Except he didn't cover up um, rape cases for thirty years. <laughs> Uh, I'm not, I'm not willing to, uh, to <laughs> go out and say point. they didn't do that. Yeah. Um, no. just, yeah. I, I, and to leave your program, uh, on national signing day, the optics are terrible. You got to get ready for spring practice. Whoever and they hire modern too. I mean, it's I, just like, there's a little bit more to it, right? You would think so. There's like, a, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot there. Um, so I, I want to bring this up of the top 50. Uh, and, and again, I'm using 24 seven composite cause I'm just too used to it right now. Probably we'll do a gradual changeover to on three. Anyways, of the top 50 prospects in the country, in this class, basically almost all of them are signed. Yeah. One of, one of the guy, one of the guys is, um, is ch- uh, choosing between Michigan and Washington. Uh, it's a, I think it's an offensive line, offensive lineman. Uh, He's going to Washington now. He's around here. Yeah, that's that's a thing. Yeah, it's Josh Connerly. Uh, he's an offensive tackle out of Seattle. He's not that. That's a Washington just won on that one. Uh, but I mean, of the other guy, so this is going to be the story on signing day. Not that, but Texas A and M has been the story. Was the story of the first signing day, right? And in their class, like how they got it. Harold Perkins was a part of that unsigned decommitted. Now he's looking around at LSU Ellis. So Brian Kelly's going to be in the fucking spotlight on signing day. Cause there's some things going on there, but of these top 50 prospects, a and M's in on like four of the five guys that are unsigned. And I mean, it's a thirty million dollar uh, recruiting class, right? No, the uh, number thirty eight player Jacob uh, Jacoby, excuse me, Jacoby Matthews, safety between A and M and LSU. Right now, the crystal ball is leaning towards A and M. 
You got uh, Shamar Stewart, five-star defensive lineman, A&M. Uh, even, even Perkins, they still have leaning towards A&M, although I, maybe, maybe that's going a totally different direction that I don't know of. I haven't really followed his recruitment all that much. I mean, it, it, this is going to be a Texas-style signing day because that's the only storyline that really exists. It's going to be Texas A&M continuing to dig into the pockets, uh, the consistency of Alabama and Georgia, and Jim Harbaugh bolting on signing day. And, and Brian Kelly and LSU. Those are your storylines for signing day. National storylines. Notre Dame has no storyline. There, there's nothing going on. There's nothing. I mean, they may get a phone call from Memorial Walker's dad. <laughs> and honestly, I'm kicking the tires on every single kid that is enrolled at Michigan as a freshman right now. Uh, and just be like, you good? Are you good? The, the 2021, 2021 kids. The 2022 kids as well. The kids who just showed up on the campus. Because you can, Jude, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you haven't completed a semester, you can transfer to Notre Dame, right? You've completed zero semesters? Yeah. And you're trying to get into Notre Dame for the fall semester? If you're Tyler Morris, uh, the 132nd ranked player in the country, wide receiver out of uh, LaGrange Park, Illinois, and you're bummed out the gym's not there and you want to you wanna yeah. scoot somewhere else. You haven't signed your NLI? Uh, no, you've signed an NLI. Okay, then you got to get out of your NLI. They can't just transfer? Okay, you just put. You can do one transfer? transfer, right? Why can't they just transfer? You can transfer. I think you try to get out of your NLI first, right? Yeah. Hold on to that transfer? Yeah. I'm Maybe sorry. Go back I'm to not... like. Go back to 20. I mean, go back to the 21 class for Michigan. I mean, there's not really a whole lot there that you would kick the no. tires on, right? No, not, 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 a, not of an Edwards. And, yeah. and really, I mean, Edwards is he's fine where he's at. at yeah. Um, Rayshon Benny was a guy that that uh, held another name offer. Um, George Rooks. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we told Greg Crippen to take a hike. Uh, um, I mean, there's. I guess Andre Anthony was the one, but Notre Dame was yeah. recruiting him more as a safety than a wide receiver. Um, he had some, he had some, he had a big game. Of front, so. Yeah. He had, he had yeah. a big game. So, I mean, that's State. not to say that he doesn't decide. Yeah. Well, that, is, that may not mean that he doesn't decide like, Hey, uh, I'm just going to go back home. Yeah. He could go back home to Michigan State. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. 
Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Well, yeah, there's just not a whole lot in that, really, in that 2021 class. The 2022 class, maybe it's even thinner. It doesn't feel like Notre Dame lost, you know, I mean, Tyler Morris was a, was actually a big loss. Um, he's about an inch taller version of Braden Lindsay. Um, he really looks like him in the face. Like maybe it's just the hair. Uh, but man, there was, I mean, obviously a Morian Walker, but I mean, honest to God, if I, if I'm Notre Dame, let's just say like a Morian Walker was like, Hey, I just, that's an absolute no. Like just, no, no, I'd, I'd still kick the tires on that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm too Sicilian. I just <laughs> cut it and go. I just, I still see the point. Uh, but I mean, they're big. They're big ones. Will Johnson. He's not going anywhere. No, I mean, he, can, I mean he's a legacy. He can kick the tires on. They could bring I mean, up Larry Coker. Yeah, they bring up Larry Coker to coach him and. And Will Johnson stick around. Yeah, they can bring in Larry the I mean, Dr. Pepper guy. And, he's and one of the things we don't, one of the things that I don't think we talk about enough too is like recruiting class, like the bonds these guys make as a class, like the, the friendships and, and coming together as a class. And at, at this point in time, and like all these guys are signed, and this isn't you know, just not just at Michigan, but elsewhere. There's kind of like a, uh, you know, kind of like a unnatural pull towards where you were going because of that, right? Like it's it's lock stock, and you're like, eh, I'm, this is the plan. I'm gonna do this. I don't expect too many. I guess I don't expect too many like uh, guys jumping ship. Unless way. they unless they go off script and hire someone ridiculous, which isn't unheard of. Uh, Ward Manuel is uh, driving this Ken, ship. Nehemiah Little. And they bring the triple option to <laughs> Michigan. And, and Greg Ward says he was yeah. on it, right? No, it wasn't Greg Ward. It was uh, who was the guy from Arizona, who's the stud quarterback that they had. Oh, the one who uh, shot it down. Oh yeah. yeah. Who uh, was that? God, what was, was his name? He's in the Heisman. He was cool. He had a cool like run against Hawaii in the first week. I mean, he had, he had some stats, yeah. but uh, I don't know. A triple option would probably would have suited him pretty. Khalil Tate, Khalil Tate, the guy. Khalil Tate, there you go. Khalil Tate was a beast, uh, but it would have been a godlike in the triple option. But I mean, this isn't like Jim Harbaugh is taking off to go play, go coach UCLA, and then taking half his class with him, like right. somebody else in Los Angeles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And a little late in the game for that. So at least Jim did them that solid, right? Yeah. I mean, how long have we been, ta- we've been talking about this for almost as long as Brian Kelly's been gone for, right? That Jim yeah. Jim had wandering eyes. Yeah. I mean, well, it's especially Imagine, ramped up. God, to, you know, as bad as, it's been, a lot, as bad as this has been for Notre Dame fans to lose your coach on November 28th, 
losing your coach on February 1st sucks way worse. When do, I mean, spring practice is less than 30 days yeah. out probably, right? Yeah. And so if they want to go the – like their list of coaching, prospective coaching options gets cut in half because uh, I don't think you can go – I know a lot of um, – I've been furiously uh, reciprocating the love I got on November 28th from uh, <laughs> you know, my, my text strings uh, and have been playing it back. But if you want to go with somebody like a Harold Goodwin, who um, a lot of former Michigan players are kind of stumping for, Harold Goodwin's not a college coach. He's never coached significantly at the college level and not since like the 90s. So uh, do you bring in a, a career NFL guy? to put together a staff and manage a spring practice roster and spring practice schedule and do recruiting. I just, it seems like a, you have to get an established head they, coach in the college game, right? What if they, I mean, who do they target? PJ Fleck? Maybe PJ Fleck. Um, Josh Gaddis is a name internally that they might turn to. Mike Hart is also a guy who uh, they've mentioned, uh, I've heard mention of Mike Hart being someone, um, the rumors, Bill O'Brien's <laughs> names come up. Um, yeah. And if right now, if you're, if you're, if you're listening to this episode and you're going, why, oh, why are these guys continuing to talk about Michigan? If, if you didn't know by now, things up there affect things down here. Yeah. Even, I mean, they just do. We recruit just, a lot of the is, same people. Yeah. Absolutely. A lot. Jude's got a spreadsheet on that. Yeah, I haven't updated that in a while, what, but we should we should pull that out. We should pull that out again. Yeah, I mean it's a it, there are there are some some uh out you know some forces that work there. Uh, I mean, Brain McGregor says hello. Stuff, so. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I would I would appreciate that. Um, you know, Morian Walker most recently. I would have took McGregor over Walker. I would as well, but cut from the same cloth <laughs> in, the, in a sense. Um, yeah, God, was he really a 2020 kid? 2020 kid, yeah. McGregor? Jeez Louise. How do you think Mike Elson feels right now? Lost and in the yeah. wind. Sucks. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he was oblivious to what to the possibility of it was written into right? his freaking contract, remember? Yeah. Right. However, there's certain things that are void if Jim I'm, Harbaugh takes another job. There were Vegas rumors, there were Miami rumors, there was all kinds of rumors surrounding yeah. Harbaugh after that playoff. The game. Gi- the Giants? The Giants before they decided to uh, do what they did. My friends were teasing me about that. They're like, what, what, what would you do if Jim Harbaugh was the coach of the Giants? Um, throw up? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> What's the right answer here? <laughs> I mean, Harbaugh is a much more likable NFL guy than college, though. Much more, I mean, just from a, a general fan's perspective, he's much more likable at the NFL level. Because he's not sleeping over at kids' houses? Because he's not sleeping. Yes, yes. I, I, I think maybe that's it right there. The, the he's not doing creepy. Yeah, he's not doing creepy stuff as an NFL. Coach. He's still weird. He, I mean, he's still weird and and kind of like embarrassing uncle style. 
but he's not like creepy uncle. There's a lot of similarities between him and Brian Kelly in that aspect. Like there's not so much of like the cringe. I think Brian Kelly wouldn't have that cringe in the NFL that he has, um, you know, sometimes, but (laughs) there's a lot of it. Well, let's, did you let's, see a Pete? Did you see a Pete Sampson? Well, actually, that guy on on Twitter today. Somebody had written a post. One of the blue check marks had written a post saying that Michigan's recruiting class was going to be decimated because Jim Harbaugh flirted with the NFL. Even if, just by flirting with the NFL, it was going to hurt his class. And Pete was like, mm, "The 2013 recruiting class was pretty much the strongest Kelly class," and that happened right after he was openly talking with the Philadelphia Eagles. So. Yeah, and the, the disastrous. I mean, that was just a PR nightmare for Notre Dame. Yeah. From the first Eddie Lacy handoff to <laughs> man, the, the moment Deadspin Kelly, the moment Deadspin press post. Who who is eating a bowl of cereal in the background? Oh, sorry, I'm stirring my yogurt. I apologize. <laughs> chips, <laughs> chips last time. Yogurt this that. It's ten o'clock at night. Yeah. Yogurt's for breakfast. Hungry man. Let's go sit. It's going to sit in that gut. <laughs> it's the good gut stuff, though. So let's, uh, let's bring it back a little bit to, to Notre Dame. Let's get away from Ann Arbor for just a, just, just a short while. Uh, but JoJo, JoJo Johnson announced his transfer today. Um, not – I mean, I guess, I guess it was – I don't know if it was a surprise or not. It was just kind of one of those things that happens. Uh, but it's not like a major, like, uh, it does not affect the depth chart a whole lot. I mean, J- Johnson was hurt all, um, pretty much all year. And the most talk about him really was, was Notre Dame going to move him to wide receiver? Maybe that, maybe, maybe that had a lot to do with it. I don't know. I was, I don't I was know a whole lot about that as well. I wonder if they approached him about it and he was like, nah, I'm bouncing. Like, yeah, like, nah, dog. Not what I came for. I mean, it sucks though. I mean, Brennan was absolutely right today. There's the, the memes that were that were there for us were so many good funny. so many good JoJo Bizarre so adventure funny. memes so many so many good just JoJo memes Joe Cube Joe Cubed I mean there's just all sorts of just all sorts of good stuff going on there I just uh, um, Sharon tell him about it JoJo but I mean the only JoJo I respect is the idiot circus <laughs> boy with pretty pet. You don't respect the uh, the American pop icon Jojo? Oh, leave, get out! That was a, you that don't was my you don't respect in, uh, uh, the Joe Star line. Uh, best Jojo being Joseph. Yeah, no. What's Jordan Johnson up to these days? Speaking of, um, Johnson's enjoying so Florida, uh, enjoying not having eighteen inches of snow. <laughs> <laughs> Hanging out with his girlfriend from from high school, maybe I don't know. <laughs> that that's probably the correct answer. Oh <laughs> uh, shit! 
so I guess looking ahead at at uh, at spring just a little bit here. Um, I mean, what what position group? I'm just bouncing around here. What position group are you guys like keying in on other than wide receiver? Because I don't think you can tell anything from wide receiver just because there's going to be so few bodies. Cornerback. I'm really interested to see what they end up settling on opposite Cam Smith or Cam Smith, Cam Hart. Um, <laughs> Cam Smith. Who they put, who they put opposite Cam Hart is, I think, maybe the most intriguing thing for me um, as far as impact for 2022. Because they got bodies, right? They have guys with with game experience, but yeah, um, I would say cornerback. I would say cornerback too, but uh, just to be different, I'll pick uh, running backs. Um, You know, I think. what is it? Logan Diggs and Chris Tyree out there talking big, big game on uh, social media. Don't Photoshop me out of the picture. Year three, sort of something else that Chris Tyree might have said. Um, I just looking for guys to, to step up in the absence of Kyron Williams, looking to see how they integrate with the new running backs coach, looking to see what freshmen can contribute. If any, um, I'm looking for, you know, Audrick estimated hit beast mode. So I'm very interested in that position group. You got one, Josh? Josh is either thinking uh, very hardly. There we go. Yeah. Well, no, I'm I'm thinking very hardly. I asked you guys a question because I didn't really have one. <laughs> I didn't have an answer that I was just kind of like searching around see what you guys had. But I mean, I did. You said secondary running back. I said wide receiver was a no go. But I mean, I guess let's go with Captain Obvious. I want to see what Tyler Buckner does. Like, it's not. I think we're like we've moved past like the thought of even like a competition. Maybe that's not the case. Maybe that's not the way they're going to sell it. But I think we're all pretty much settled into the fact that Tyler Buckner's QB one. So let's let's see him sell it. You know, I mean, let's let's see, you know, there was all sorts of reports coming out of practice uh, leading up to the bowl game about, oh, my God, you should see these throws. He's like, let's see it. So yeah. let, let's see him take the reins, uh, become QB one and lead this team through uh, through spring. I'm not sure if there's if there's anything more important really than that. Um, there's all sorts of holes and, and question marks on Notre Dame's roster next year, as talented as it is. But I mean, I, the biggest is going to be your, you need a new starting quarterback because Jack Cohn, despite PFF's, uh, <laughs> being a little vague about yeah. Uh, his, yeah, <laughs> his status, uh, there's going to be a new quarterback at South Bend QB one, and it's going to most likely gonna be Tyler Buckner. Let's see. Let's see it, man. Let's give, Give the people some hope going into Columbus. Because right now, I think that probably 60% of the fan base, if not more, I won't say we aren't resigned to the fact, but are very much leaning towards a, a you know, looking, at, looking ahead at an L uh, to start the season. So change some minds. Give some hope. Um, I, think that's, I think that's as important as anything. Give the team some hope. You know, a good showing from him doesn't just help us 
and help fans like, you know, get excited about the upcoming season. He helps that team itself. Like the guys that he has to play with get more confidence in him um, and get behind him a little more. So I think that's huge. Um, and hopefully Drew Pine doesn't transfer because <laughs> I mean, you're going to need a, you're, you're going to need a depth chart there one way or another. There needs to be a depth chart, not just uh Ronnie P three Buckner and that, I mean, Buckner, RP3, and Steve Angeli just, you just, that's not, man, that, that would not be good. Think of like second drive. And no, don't Buckner's even say in. it. No, 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 no. no, no. Concussion, don't put that. Don't, don't, don't put that. Andrew, don't you put that. Andrew, Andrew Pine's starting quarterback. Did you put that Andrew Pine's a starting quarterback for each Michigan. So, you know, RP3 comes in and starts his Heisman campaign. I'm not talking about uh, a, a decimated quarterback depth chart that has Avery Davis starting against Southern Cal. <laughs> I would what year, was it, what year was it that Maryland I'll was like rolling out with a linebacker? Do you remember that Maryland was rolling out with like a linebacker at quarterback at one point? Because their their depth chart was just no. absolute. Well, Frank Gore Jr. started at quarterback for Southern Miss this year when they didn't he have did, yeah. they didn't have a quarterback. So he did. Someone uh, two thousand and twelve. In two thousand and twelve, Maryland. Oh, the bowl game. Sean Petty, true freshman linebacker, Sean Petty started a football game for Maryland. That's stupid. I mean. I'll tell you what. Uh, the Denver Broncos used a, a a guy had only played quarterback in and like Georgia Tech or something like that, right? Or high school? Oh, so you're like like when um uh the Patriots had to turn to Matt Castle, who hadn't played quarterback since he was in high school. <laughs> yeah, it had been a hot minute. Yeah, uh, talk about somebody who had just like. He was doing the Doug Peterson route, but for his whole career, (laughs) (laughs) you know, (laughs) I'm pretty sure Peterson played in college. Uh, Not not so much Castle. I don't know. Avery Davis uh, out there for the win. You know, I was tweeting out some. Well, who who was it that we took out the Southern Cal? Eric Chappelle. Oh, God. Yes. Yep. And then Arnett came in after him. So, and then Chappelle got kicked off the team like right after that, right? Violation of team rules. Mm, that last part, I'm not, I I couldn't say with any certainty. Any certainty. I feel like he ended up at like Alabama A and M or something like that. Do you remember this at all? Was Chappelle from from the, down there? Though I think he was from Louisiana, right? I can't remember. I thought Battle was from Louisiana. Oh yeah, Battle was from Louisiana. Was Chappelle a California kid? Oh god, if he was a California kid, Greg's gonna be mad at me. He might. He might. He's he's not Ohio. No, nope, Alabama. Or Indiana. Alabama. 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 A&M. Yeah. So think Kicked about that for a second, though. Think about, think about the, the timing of Chappelle. And uh, 
And to then throw Jarius Jackson in the mix. Mississippi and Alabama quarterbacks up at Notre Dame. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and, and Louisiana, right? And Louisiana. And Louisiana, yeah. What the hell are we doing? Recruiting well-ish. <laughs> I suppose. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's and such course, a – I mean, Who could forget you Matt Lovecchio from the great state? The Garden State, New Jersey. Well, you couldn't. You couldn't because the uh, God, it wasn't Hammond. Who was who was in the NBC booth? They they couldn't get enough of uh, Lavecchio's parents. <laughs> was it Dick Enberg? You remember? It was the it was the Stanford game. I thought. Oh. Was that his, his Lavecchio's first uh, first start? Please, please stand Stanford. by while I, look this, while I look this up. <laughs> But God, they, I just remember them like in the stands talking to the parents. That's the only time I ever remember parents being interviewed in the stands. Oh yeah. Or maybe I'm maybe maybe I'm not remembering correctly. But they just kept showing them. Oh, I mean, it was like Laura Quinn esque. It was that or, level. It was how many times? Or what was you know, uh, AJ McCarron's girlfriend? Uh, something Webb. Catherine. Oh Webb. yeah, yeah. Catherine Webb. Yeah. Catherine Webb. But I mean, Lavecchio's dad sitting there with his hair slicked, the black leather jacket. He's every bit of every New Jersey Italian stereotype you could think of. Mom was, you know, they just kept going to it. Like like Scorsese was fucking directing the game that day. Right. And it was. That was, I think Lavecchio's class was the same class as like, I always call it the Jared Clark fan club because Jared Clark was a quarterback in high school, wore number one at Notre Dame, moved to tight end. But like that was back when Notre Dame's number one jersey selling in the bookstore was the number one jersey. (laughs) So you'd see everybody on campus with a number one jersey. And uh, my brother-in-law and I would always crack up, be like, man, the fucking Jared Jared Clark fan club is just (laughs) hot right now. Yeah, my wife's got I, my wife's got a green number one jersey uh, from that era. Wow. I wonder, like, Holiday Clark and and uh, Lavecchio was that the all the same time? What a room! I will. I won't allow any Carlisle Holiday slander. I'm not that's the slandering. Toughest, that's one of the toughest son of bitches ever. I'm not slandering. I saw him almost. Die. I saw him almost die in East Lansing. <laughs> that that dude gave gave everything he had. Oh man, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for some. I mean, I I want to look back on this 2022 class ten years from now, and yes, I want to have some jokes, but also gonna want to have those fun. I guess that's why my first question about the whole class was who leaves beloved. I guess I'm still like, I still care more about that than who's the guy that's going to go number one overall. I mean, sue me for, for being more interested in interesting things rather than just constantly talking about five star shit. But I mean, I just, I kind of want to know who's the next, like kind of like fun name when you bring up 10 years from now, guys would be like, Oh God, that's right. Let's, let me tell you about Steve Angeli's first start against 
Fucking Marshall. No. No. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. This is really bad. This is really You're bad. You're monkey paws into something. You are terrible. like the <laughs> monkey paw king. And I am not. <laughs> this is just terrible. I mean, I'm, I'm just, I mean, just, I'm just, I just threw names out there. Right. I was thinking of Jersey. Marshall's kind of close to Jersey. The game Marshall after Ohio is kind of close. West Virginia is kind of close to New Jersey. Is that what you is that was that what you're going with? That was my entire basis of saying Marshall. Yikes. Was I that I know that. Marshall's close <laughs> close enough to Jersey to 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 remind me of Lavecchio. I don't think when John Denver said the I, home country roads, it had anything to do with the the Garden State. No. Hey, let, did, did I mention that while most of you, uh, many of you are listening to this, I'll probably be at a neurologist appointment. So <laughs> <laughs> true story. Have some fun with that one. <laughs> if I could get through the fucking weather. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Josh, do you, I don't know, these, maybe we, do, do, do you have any deep thoughts about Washington commanders? Oh boy, what a goof up! Oh, that's a. I think that was a just a bad choice. Number number one, me. I think. I think they should have just stuck with Washington football team. First off, I think that that was just fine. They could have just stuck with it and been fine. But, I mean, not to go Red Hogs is it's kind of a smack in the face. I, guess. I don't want I don't Red know. Hogs. They should have went with Washington Washingtons. Like George Washington should have been their mascot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Washington like Commanders. I'm going to sue him over that. Washington, Washington Commander. Oh, go ahead. Washington Commander sounds like a rejected Russell Crowe film. It sounds like one of the teams that they played in, um, the Sharks played in. Uh, Is that because of the, of the Salem movie? Yeah, Master and Commander. What's that uh, movie, dude? It was Master, Master and Commander. Master and Commander. Yeah. Which apparently is an amazing book series, although there's It like is a 30. phenomenal book series, by the way. Oh, there's like 30-some books in it, though, right? Uh, no, it's not quite as long as the Sharp series, but um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a phenomenal book series. Highly recommend. Hey, did speaking like of book, book series... It, did you like the movie? Yeah, the the movie's phenomenal. I never watched it. Yeah, it was good. I never watched it. Wait, what? Solid. Brendan, Brendan, I was I was pretty excited. I, this was news. I guess I could have got back in uh, September, but they're gonna do a two hour movie, a Last Kingdom movie after to, this final. Yeah, they're, they're, all they're, they're filming it right now. I yeah, it's like something like the the Death of the Seven Kings or something is what it's called. Hmm. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. They could drop that fucking fifth season any day now. Any day now, Netflix. Oh, you know Netflix. They're uh, they'll just they'll just like well, they're Vikinged up, right? Because because now they're doing this this uh, the new Viking like the History Channel's Viking show. Yeah. Uh, now they're doing the sequel a hundred years later with the uh, Leaf. Whatever. 
Anyways. <laughs> I just, believe- I'm, I'm literally sitting here thinking. Oh, I was going to say. What can I pull out of my dust drawer right now? <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys see that uh, the women's team knocked off the number three NC State at home? That was pretty cool. 69-66. I did. I did. It's a nice number. It is nice. Uh, <laughs> what wasn't nice was that drubbing. Uh, I don't know what that Duke game was. That was the biggest piece of Ooh, shit yeah. I had seen in two years. Oh, my God. Uh, and that was our basketball coverage. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Which of the 14 points at halftime was your favorite? I think... That was literally the score of the eighth grade game that I was at tonight. Has Notre Dame football for, has Notre Dame football ever scored fewer than 14 points against Duke in a half of football? <laughs> I mean, we could look this up. Uh, I don't know. They didn't score 14 and 16, did they? Oh, it was a shootout, oh, right? Yes, 38-35, I believe, right? Yeah. All right, so maybe just didn't, maybe just didn't feel a, like that. There was a nine seven well, that was played fr- in nineteen fifty eight. There it is. <laughs> and then in sixty one, the, the first half scored thirteen. So what about the first half of twenty twenty? First half of twenty twenty. Um, I mean, we had, it was twenty seven thirteen was the final. So. It was right. close, wasn't you said it? In the half. Notre Dame at right. uh, Notre Dame at ten at the half. There you Ooh. go. There you go. Yeah, just happened yeah. last year, Brendan. Where were you? Where was your head on that one? Uh, it's a Same with my head. The opposing coach for the Duke coach in 1958, and again in '61. Little known fact: Bill Murray. Mm. Tomorrow is Groundhog but, Day, but not that. But not that. Bro. Oh, by the way, Groundhog Day. Great movie or greatest movie? Great movie, not greatest. Yeah. Great, great movie, not greatest. The greatest um, movie okay. is uh, greatest is a bi- is a biopic. No, the greatest <laughs> movie that w- of all time is a biopic that's happening right now. That's the day after tomorrow. And that is uh, <laughs> greatest fucking movie ever. Erroneous. Literally a two-star movie. I've I've flushed turds down the toilet and watched them spin down that were more enjoyable than that movie. That is a earned uh, five-star movie. That is a, that is a, no, 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 no. That movie is TNT, TNT literally played that movie every day for like three years straight. That movie is a Bruce Hedgie earned two star. Yeah. No. All right. That is quite amazing. Let me me see if I can find the, the best line for my 2000. May 31st, 2004, review of the day after tomorrow, two stars. <laughs> uh, let's see. Was it when everything I froze in Italy and for some reason there were like evil wolves on the prowl from the New York Zoo? That, that, no, there is no chance of that they were at the zoo. They they were <laughs> they got out. So they're out. Yeah. What else are they going to do? They're out roaming around. 
Yeah. That's going to hang out in a broken cage. Some domesticated wolves. And, and they and they got they got into the Russian ship that was stuck <laughs> in the ice that was buttered up next to the library. Yeah. They had oh, to get the, sure. they had to get that ship to get a first for, aid kit. For this sure. is a great movie. The plot line is thick. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. The emotional drama. Enter enter paleoclimatologist Jack Hall, Dennis Quaid, who informs a room full of United Nations delegates that the, quote, polar ice caps melting might disrupt the mid-Atlantic current, end quote, causing great shifts in climate. Later, he informs a group of oceanographers that major bodies of water have gained, quote, too much fresh water because of the aforementioned polar ice caps leading to a, wait for it, critical desalinization point. Wow, this sounds like a real great movie. That's good. Dude, that was like one of the most dramatic moments. I think we've reached a <laughs> It was one of the most dramatic moments of the movie. Meanwhile, was when he announced president, that to everybody smarter than him. Meanwhile, a vice president with a striking resemblance to Dick Cheney rebukes Hall's insights, first denouncing the entire Kyoto Accord and then regurgitating the Bushian viewpoint that the economy is more important than the environment. The payment for his capitalistic sins? Hall grimly predicts everyone below West Virginia will encounter temperatures near negative 150 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> instantly. That was the best well, part yeah, of because everything of the, instantly froze. Yeah. Well, it was because of the hurricanes on land trapping the air from the troposphere <laughs> oh, and yep. funneling it down at great speeds to Earth. It's like, boom, frozen. The real Meanwhile, movie we're getting is Chris Elliott's Snow Day. Yeah. Meanwhile, Jack has ignored his own good advice to stay indoors and plans a trek out to reunite with his son, Sam, played by Jake Gyllenhaal, who was on a school expedition in Manhattan and is now burning the contents of the New York Public Library to stay alive. All heat <laughs> not generated by the they didn't burn. Frederick they did not burn the Gutenberg Bible. All heat not generated by the works of Frederick Nietzsche comes from the tacked-on love interest Laura Chapman, Emmy Rossum. A third... Subplot involving Dr. Lucy Hall, mother of Sam and wife of Jack, is added merely to break up scenes of helicopter pilots freezing in mid-step after their planes are down by the negative triple-digit weather. Roland Emmerich yeah, has made some absolute bangers, whether or not it was Independence yeah, Day, Universal Soldier, He just wanted Stargate, to dunk on the Bush administration Patriot. in election year, and he made the day after tomorrow, which yes. is terrible. But basically, the Patriot is he's made nothing but turds. You flush them off. But that we'll movie was great. I, dude, The Day After Tomorrow is a great movie. A great movie. Capital G, great. Capital yeah. G, great man. Uh, uh, uh. Al Gore liked the movie, too. I mean, <laughs> sure did. He should. Probably helps sell a couple more books. It's totally believable. No, totally. no, no, no. It's 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 right in line the, with the, uh, the you. And then, the, the, I mean, the end there is just the uh, the the funnest irony of all. We're all trapped in Mexico. <laughs> so, I I I don't get you two. How you can just dismiss. That great please, cinematic please leave us a review on OFD podcast and please tell us if you've ever watched the day after tomorrow and give it out of five stars. How many stars? 
yeah. Tell somebody on a scale on a scale from um, Bruce Hedgie to uh, Jalen <laughs> Smith, what would you give this movie? Oh, this is a Jimmy Clausen five star, baby. <laughs> so uh, weird. Love God, how you can't love that? I don't know. Oh, there's a lot of ways uh, by watching it, but. I love the commitment to your love of this movie. It brings me joy. Yeah, it, it actually reminds me of my commitment to the to the movie Summer Catch with Freddie Prince and how much I love that movie. Also, even though, even though I know it's <laughs> secret trash, I still love it because I saw the summer on Cape Cod, and therefore I'm all in on a movie that has a, is a romance with Freddie Prince and Jessica Biel, and involves a subplot involving Freddie Prince being a Cape Cod baseball player. So. <laughs> Big fan. Oh, and Matthew Lillard I mean, is in it. Voice of Scoop. So you're the TV and film major, Jude. Mm-hmm. If if you were to have to use a movie, a current movie title, to describe Notre Dame's February 2022 recruiting class, National Signing Day, what movie title would you use? Uh, well, there was a Woody Allen movie that came out in 1972 called Sleeper. Might start there. Um, I have the perfect answer. Go ahead. Uh, how about the movie Tiptoes? Because the class came up a little bit short in February. I needed a receiver, too. I don't know if you've ever watched the trailer for the movie Tiptoes, but uh, Joshua, shoot. Um, watch the trailer for the movie Tiptoes after the pot of night. Let me know what you think. Is this like too many cooks? Am I being set up? Oh, no. No. No, 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 no. It is. A, I could. I I was so mad at you, Brendan. It was. I had it, never seen that it, clip before. I got. Worked. I was three minutes in and seeing that it was 11 minutes. It is so and good. And I'm just like, I can't do this. I it went, I went from like, I went from like confused to laughing my ass off to very angry to like, uh Wow, I think I enjoyed that. Like, yep, there it is. I feel like it's, the kind of, it. it's like the Shaggy Dog thing where you like you tell somebody a story. Like I used to have this joke that I told in college, and it ended with it was like a, it was a sh- real Shaggy Dog story. It took like ten minutes to tell this to tell like this the aristocrats. Joke. Yeah, but it, it wasn't dirty. It just it added with it ended with a groan worthy pun, right? And. Once you heard the, the joke, you had to tell it to other people because you wanted everyone to feel the same pain you felt the first time you heard the joke, which is just like, that's what too many cooks is for me, I think. That's, I've, maybe that's what it is. It was yeah. so long. Like, uh, Lucy, Daughter of the Devil is a fantastic uh, defunct cartoon. Actually, the guy that does uh, Archer's voice did Satan. He wears Cosby sweaters. It's a great show. Uh, I think you can watch it on HBO Max uh, if you have that. Anyways, that was longer than some Lucy Daughter of the Devil episodes. What the fuck? <laughs> I, I, I could not it, believe it, I made it. Reminded I made me it all the way through. One of my favorite jokes in Family Guy. I think it probably was from one of the first seasons where Peter stubs his knee, like hurts his knee, and he's like sitting there going, ah, right, like that or whatever. And he does it for so long that like the joke just becomes kind of funny because you're watching like 20 some seconds of him just doing this 
And like the first couple of seconds, you're like, yeah, okay, I get it, I get it, or whatever. And like the 16th second, you're like so delirious because it's still going on, right? And they're like literally just foxes airing, you know, Peter Griffin just going, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, shit. So, gentlemen, let's start to wrap this up a little bit. We'll get to to last call in just a few, but just kind of like let's wrap this up. Give me your give me your final thoughts on this recruiting class, Marcus Freeman, that kind of stuff. Shoot, I mean, like I'm still fairly impressed with the way they were able to to keep this class together going into that. Signing day, got them, most of them. Walker and Williams, whatever. Uh, but it's it's still a, a strong, strong core. But I'm also, like, kind of chuckling, too. Like, even harder now because, like, of McNulty. Like, uh, the things that we thought were happening when Freeman got hired, they're all staying. Like, one by one, the staff is consistently just keeps getting replaced here. Uh but I mean, it's it's. So I'm asking like 20 questions here. So let's uh, let me narrow it down to this one. Jude, are you more, are you happier that Notre Dame is going to have some fresher faces, fresher thoughts, or were you, or did you really want that same staff to stick around? Like, I, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, are you yeah. pleased that? Look, I think. I think you can't be anything but hopeful, right? It's there. You, you're really rolling the dice. It's like a, it's sort of like a parlay wager in, um, in, in, uh, in betting, you know, a straight bet is so much more. It, it's like, you know what you're getting a straight bets, like a Brian Kelly. Right. But like, this is like a 17 parlay, right. Where it's like, you've got some real, like, Oh, okay. Is Chancey Stucky ready for his big moment is, um, you know, is uh, I don't know. Just pick on pick on any guy that they've hired in like the last month or so, right? Is is that besides Harry Heastam, like is anybody ready to sort of recruit for Notre Dame, adopt the culture, get behind the guys, understand like sort of what makes Notre Dame operate, and you know, and and every single every single one of them besides Harry is under 40, 42 years old, with the exception of McCullough, right? So McCullough's like forty nine. Right. So he's like he's sort of bridging the gap between Harry. So it's like Harry, fifteen years, McCullough, and then like another nine years before like the next guy jumps in, right? And so you got a bunch of young bucks, and I'm hoping that they're going to be hungry, and I'm hoping that we don't recruit uh, too many people from the Purdue 2014 season because I really don't think that those guys were all that great uh, in 2014. But maybe they're maybe they're rad in 2022. I don't know. So. Um, yeah, just uh, I, I, you got to be hopeful because if you weren't, then that's where it's sort of you can get cynical about things. But I just I feel the same way about the coaching staff that I do about Tyler Buckner, which is like I just wish for success, you know. And do I think they're going to make mistakes along the way? They're going to frustrate the shit out of me. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But I'm willing to give them so, that kind of one year grace period to sort of figure themselves out and figure out how they operate as a unit. And then, you know catch it back on track for 2023. I'm not, I'm not pissing away the 2022 season. I'm not saying, ah, finish eight and five. I'll be fine with it or whatever. Just, um, oh, God, I no. think, God, I think no. I'll understand more if it's a, you know, 10 and three, nine and four season. So. so, so Brendan, along those same lines, 
along those same lines, one of the things that when they hired, when Jack hired Freeman, and one of the things that came out of the players, one of the themes was like, don't fuck up this culture that we have here, right? Yeah. And that was kind of like the <clears throat> the bigger theme coming out of Freeman and everyone saying, well, now you have all these new guys coming in. It's basically just and, race, right? So, well, I guess my question is, is like, I guess when people think about Notre Dame and the culture at Notre Dame, you think about the program and the university. I, I think that's the first thing that comes into most people's minds. The culture of Notre Dame under the umbrella of, of the, of the historical program and the university. Whereas now I think if you look at it, if this is the culture truly is, it continues, this is all player driven, right? Yeah. I mean, when, whenever, essentially all that's left, um, like big picture is Bayless and Reese. Like big, 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 big picture, like non-positional, positional aspect. Like, and a lot of the positional guys have left, but like it, it was about keeping Reese and Bayless and Freeman intact. Um, I'm certainly, a, I'm a little bit more nervous now than I was, um, you know, a month ago, for sure. Um, you know, the loss kind of took some of the luster off, but more so than that, I'm, I'm not overly concerned with that. I'm I'm just more concerned with there has been a considerable amount of turnover on the staff. Um, Alston, for whatever foibles there could have been with recruiting, he was certainly part of the culture, like ingrained in the culture. And he's not there. And, um, you know. Yeah, that, that one there's no like love lost. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, there's no love lost with the loss of like Dell Alexander. And, um, you know, some people may or may not have any love loss with Quinn or whatever. Uh, fantastic recruiter put together some some pretty good offensive lines. We'll see what he stands slash Watt does. Uh, but <clears throat> McNulty was never really a big presence because. No, everything, everything, well, I mean, everything, everything reflected off of Michael Mayer. Yeah, everything was kind of Michael Mayer. And you just needed to they just needed a guy to be sort of the tight ends coach. Uh, Cause it was chip long before. So right. I, I'm not sure how much that is, but like, yeah, I think the Alston thing sort of set the dominoes uh, falling. And then as more and more guys, we'll see what happens with this defensive coordinator hire. I think that it's, it's pretty important that you get this one, right. Just from a cultural standpoint. Um, but I'm a, I'm a little bit nervous just because I like on the one hand, I do like the fact that the staff is young but you know, there's a reason why experience matters with these staffs. Right. And if if I was a fan of an opposing team looking at a program that had such a young staff, I would use that as sort of fuel to say, I'm not sure if they're going to be as capable. They might have some issues. They might have yeah. some issues, especially in that first upcoming season. Yeah. So I I am a little bit more apprehensive for it. I'm. I'm interested to see where they go with this this uh, defensive coordinator hire. Um, I'd like to. Well, have you, do you think that's important? Like like Al Golden, like the experience that he brings the as a veteran coach was a head coach for a Power Five program. Do you think 
that becomes more important over a guy like, like, like say a Belk because of all that, because of how young the rest of the staff is. Like, I, I just, I guess I felt like Freeman is going to be, I believe he's going to be a good head coach, but he still isn't at the level what he's going to be. And you're going to need some help along the way. And having all these young guys isn't exactly the best help in that aspect. Uh, so maybe a guy, so golden pro, over a belt helps provide you with that kind of that game, that in-game knowledge, kind of like, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, that, that just would depend on if Freeman even uses that kind of knowledge. You know what I mean? Uh, first of all, I, I don't know anything. I, I guess I'm a little confused. I thought Joe Rossi was the, was the second choice of golden ultimately flakes, but I'm, I, I, I got to, I, first of all, I, 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 I just brought happen. up Belk's name cause he's young. That's okay. all. I mean, Rossi's 42, so I consider him young, of course. Yeah. Um, so first of all, let me say about Al Golden before I answer your question. I don't think they wait two weeks for this guy if they don't have something in place. I, I can't prove anything. Right. But I, I got to imagine he's, he's got a, he's got a word is your bond verbal type commitment to, to, to do this. Otherwise, what's, what would be the point of waiting for him? What would be the point of saying like, fuck it, you can give me an hour, like, you know, like before you're preparing for the Super Bowl, just like, tell me if you're in or you're out. Right. Like they've had enough conversations at this point where Al Golden has expressed enough interest that if the job is his, um, you know, on February 14th, if he wants it. Right. So, and, and, and indications are that he won't, that they're waiting for him. Right. Right. So fine. Let's say that first. Second of all, I, I do agree with your premise that having a guy with power five coaching experience and not in say an interim role, like our potential tight ends coach might be, um, you know, would, <laughs> would behoove you um, if you get yourself into a, a, a weird situation. I think that the fact that, you know, that golden is, is, is coached at some places that sort of fit the same profile in terms of stature as as another name um can help in terms of maybe somebody from marcus freeman to turn to because i, I keep thinking back about what Mark, what brian kelly said about what what he thought was what he thought was notre dame and what he found out notre dame to be right and it wasn't just he figured it out all in a year it took him two three years to get it really to really understand you know what the sort of culture is and I know Freeman's been here for a year, but he hasn't been a head coach oh, see, for. Doesn't he have a, a little bit of a head start on that on that part of it, though? Right, just a, a little bit of a head start sure. on that. But again, we've t- we talked about this when he took over, right? There are expectations of the head coach that would never be placed on the defensive coordinator, and he's got to learn how to. I mean, Brian Kelly learned how to definitely manage those pretty well, right? Yeah, yeah. Jude, did you see my victory with dragon fruit today? I did. I did. <laughs> Victorious. <laughs> Just saying. I love Victories that, uh, come. I, lo- I love that Tyler said, did you get a new bag? Because you took it in front of probably your wife's bag, right? Like Kate Spade? Yeah, Kate Spade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Why did, I, I didn't really know. I, I didn't notice that until Tyler tweeted that. <laughs> I, was like, oh. I was like, what? I, oh, no. That's actually an old bag. Uh, I'm just happy it's there. Walked in and there she was. 
Easy peasy. Uh, shit. Easy peasy. Just like this offseason is going to be. I just know it. Probably pretty quiet. I'm still. Mm-hmm. We should all just take a take a vacation like uh, Jim Harbaugh told his staff to take. <laughs> I just, I'm just, I'm not, no, I don't know if I'm uh, sold on the, uh, the old Carmen there. No, I, but it makes me laugh. So, so I will uh, continue to read it. I want that to be true. And I just, where does it take a vac- start taking vacation on signing day? Yeah. Where does Mike Elston take vacation? Does he does he go back to does he head home to South Bend? Uh maybe. I mean his kids aren't gonna have school for the next couple of days, I imagine. No, they will not. I mean I'm, our kids are probably done for the week. Uh, yeah, at least till Friday. I mean, yeah, Wednesday, Thursday, but but, yeah. but well, I mean even Friday, because you're gonna have wind and drifts and yeah, it's whether I mean, or not they can dig out the, the rural. It's whether or not they can dig out the rural uh, bus routes. I live in a town called Hicksville. Imagine the rural bus routes there. Mm. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's wrap this up. I. I'm just I'm disappointed. Disappointed in my lack of of excitement on a for a a day slash holiday. It's like. I don't know. It's like if you told me Christmas is now November 30th. You know what I mean? Anyways, Jude, what do you got left in the tank? So I have a kind of a non-update, but just a reminder that um, our former uh, former captain and uh, Notre Dame graduate Brandon Hoyt remains in NGL in, in San Diego County. Um, the, the original charges were from February 13th of last year. He has not been in jail the whole time. As you might recall, we did a, I would consider a successful GoFundMe where we were able to get him into a a private outpatient. Unfortunately, um, Brandon has some serious, uh, neurological, um, impairments that caused him to let's see, what's the nicest way to, to say this, um, help. Uh, have him struggle in terms of getting the help that he needs. His brain doesn't, his brain works against him. I guess it's the easiest way to say it. So um, Brandon's next court appearance is before our next scheduled podcast, which is on February 7th, which is next uh, Monday. So if you are the praying sort, just say another prayer for Brandon that um, he gets the, the, um, the disposition that is best for him. And I really, I really couldn't say what that is. Um, but I'm hoping that the court takes everything into consideration and thank you to everybody who has written him an email, um, in jail. You can still do that up to the seventh and maybe possibly through the seventh. Um, thank you for everyone who wrote a letter on his behalf to the court and sent it to his lawyer a couple months ago when we did that. And thank you for everybody who donated to the the GoFundMe, um, actually almost a year ago, last March. So we're still um, there's still a little bit of money left and it's being held for Brandon uh, for for when he decides to resume his um, his treatment plan. So uh, that's what I got. 
Okay. Red and Sir. Yellow to the tank. Uh, I'm conserving everything in my tank for uh, shoveling snow. <laughs> the, the impending death storm that's coming. Um, hopefully all of you survive in the Midwest uh, death storm 2022. Um, otherwise, uh, hopefully when the snow melts, they find your body in good enough shape that, that you can have an open casket. I can't quite remember what happened. I mean, unless it's like just frozen forever. Like, whoa. What was another I mean, movie? There's coyotes. Uh, this is oh, coyotes. Oh, season, what was that? So they're mating. So eat your corpse. And we're, if, I mean, day after tomorrow. I mean, it, there's what was the, uh, out there. You could be eaten by wolves. Right. What about that? What vertical? Is that called vertical? About vertical limit about K2 vertical limits vertical sorry, limit? Crystal yeah. yeah that movie's awesome yeah, yeah. another no, another great movie yeah, uh, that had uh, in that one yeah yeah you love that movie but that you had even more pointless there's no science uh, in that one line. they have to for some reason the transport nit- with nitroglycerin the nitro- up the side of K2 <laughs> Here's the thing is they like, don't try and I science think, me. They don't try and science me with that one or like political agenda me with that one. That one, they're just like, yo, what if we just like <laughs> carry nitroglycerin up the side of K2 to rescue Bill Paxton? And it's Robin. Let's do remember that. When, remember when what's his face found his wife up there. She was just in the side of the mountain frozen. <laughs> like that's not a bad way just to be. Uh, no, I like, think I'd rather have that be buried or cremated. Yeah. Well, I'm just I'm just saying, like for your eternal spot, like instead of like in a coffin in the ground or or cremated, maybe just frozen to the side of a mountain. Is a, is a just yeah? Because I mean, when be. JC when JC comes back, you're not going to be full of embalming fluids or a pile of ash, so you can rise for uh, it'd be significantly easier for you to uh, to to ascend, right? I guess I, I think your, I read all a, your stuff still there. I read an article. Or no, I did. I did not read the article. I think I, I grazed uh, grazed through something real quick about the United States and embalming fluid. Like we use like a hundred times more than any other, <laughs> like per per capita or whatever the fuck. Like it's like like we're just like guzzling embalming fluid. Yeah. Guzzling. Um, you should stop. There's new there's new directives from uh, the Vatican about cremation too. So some new some new rules. Oh no! You use that as an option. I have to I have to, uh, to read up on it and see what uh, what uh, Frank's got it, going it, on now. It may it makes my plans for a Jedi funeral for myself kind of. Maybe not canonically correct. <laughs> there's there's a lot of rules with the with the burning. That's all I'm saying. So you couldn't be like the blackfish and and have and like shoot an arrow into a a boat as it's a flaming arrow into a boat as it's going downstream. 
Pope Frankie wouldn't like that one. I mean, what if what if we just told the Pope that that was just how I went, <laughs> and everyone was just too lazy to come, come after me? <laughs> I think you'd get away with it that way. Ah, shit. <clears throat> All right. Uh, for me, look, this whole episode has been one long exercise of the difference between signing day five years ago and now. It is what it is. We got a recruiting class. It's a top 10 class. Very happy with the class. Uh, could have used maybe, I don't know, three more wide receivers would have been nice. <laughs> but uh, besides that, pretty happy with it. Notre Dame is still probably going to be looking at the transfer portal. I'd say like uh, it's a post-spring thing. But just remember, you know, when did, when did Kane Madden come aboard in June? Yeah, that sounds right. It was June, right? It was May. It was. Yeah. I was definitely outside cutting the grass. So. Yeah, you won't find quite as much uh, Kane Madden hate on this podcast for sure. Uh, but, but no, there, there's, there still could be some opportunities moving forward. It's just, uh, there's, it's just too much time left. Then there's too many bodies floating around. And I, it's definitely not done. The transfer portal is on, is on red, man. It just keeps going and going and going. It's gonna be wild. I, I think there's still like 800 names in the portal. If I'm not mistaken, that's a lot. I mean, the, where are these guys gonna park at? Jacksonville State. Maybe. I mean, Jackson State. Yeah, Jackson State. It could be Jackson Deion Sanders State is too. putting in the work down there. There's a Jacksonville State. Yeah. There's a Jackson State and a Jacksonville State. No, there is. Right. There's definitely. But Brendan was but alluding no, no, to no, Deion was, Sanders. Deion Sanders. Yeah, Jackson State. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so, anyways, there's, there's still plenty to do. Notre Dame spring game was announced for April 23rd, which is the Saturday after Easter Easter weekend. Barring so something unforeseen. That's going to uh, be up. Bring the whole family for that one. Yeah. Uh, going to be on Peacock as well. No time. And now, dude, did you notice that, Jude? No time. No, I did kick off. 7:30. It's NBC. So 7:30 kickoff. It's no. It's peak. I mean, generally it's like a 12:30. Generally it's like a noon, one o'clock. Yeah. 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 But did not state. Did not state. Well, I remember. Hmm. I think I even changed my title because I had like uh, date and time. I'm like, fuck. There's no time here. Um. So that's could have some good weather. I mean, April 15th is like a good cutoff time. Uh, besides your taxes, like the weather starts getting leaning more, being a little better. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. I don't know. It's going to be an interesting spring. I have no idea how they're going to do practices and all that. All that stuff is still up in the air. I know the entire Notre Dame beat is pretty pumped up about all these interviews that they're having. Like they were foaming at the mouth last week. Uh, for, like here's 15 guys and they're like oh, 
sweet. We're going to get these interviews and then drag these stories out for a week and a half. And they all did. It was fantastic. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, but st- stay locked into one foot down. We still got basketball season going on. Despite the loss to Duke, we're still sitting at the top end of the ACC uh, fighting for a, a spot in the NCAA playoffs uh, or tournament. And look, uh, the ACC is in a little bit of trouble. <laughs> I, I, what was the best basketball conference in the country is really staring at maybe two, maybe three bids this year. That's insane to think about. Um, Notre Dame hockey really could have used a sweep of Minnesota last weekend. Just split it up with them. I think they're sitting at like 14th or 15th in pairwise. That's cutting it pretty close. You're going to have to uh, kick that into the gear there, get into their uh, their tournament. And then baseball season's right around the corner. It's time for some uh, – I mean, Link it everything up. turned around. Oh, man, Link, Link has that program humming. That was an amazing year last year out of nowhere, out of, absolutely out of nowhere. So pretty pumped up about that getting going. And we'll have everything else for you. So we added a added a handful of new guys to the site. So probably gonna have some some differing viewpoints, I imagine. Uh, some different stuff, and that's always fun and good. Hopefully, we don't get locked out of our Twitter account anymore. Uh, so, anyways, I'm rambling on and on, but uh, that's what the show's for. We'll be back next week, and uh, for Jude and for Brendan. Go Irish.